0: Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors.
1: If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you.
0: Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass.
1: On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, And you can even connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats.
0: The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Hi, everyone! Welcome to another episode of How Did We Not Know That? I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jack. And I'm Nat yeah and that's that's us so today nat will be presenting on a topic that she chose
1: go ahead nat (laughs) yeah so today i'm going to be talking about the mexican-american war do you know much about that (laughs) <laughs> I know nothing. I'm guessing really? that
0: William McKinley is this the one he led us through, or was no, the Spanish American? That war? was actually
1: the Spanish American War. So okay, so is, different things. Yeah. So they, these are two different things. Um. Yeah. This war was actually led by President James K. Polk. Um. Yeah. I did not know much about him as a president. Never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I learned about the Mexican American War maybe in high school briefly, but like we didn't talk a lot about it also my dad is from mexico so like we'll talk about it once in a while but like it I really didn't know the details of the war, so, like, I had heard about it, and I was like, oh, let me look into it a little bit more, because it was recently Cinco de Mayo. I was thinking about past, you know, U.S.-Mexico relations. As you do on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yeah, as that's how you celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Um, But yeah, so I decided to look into this war a little bit more. So, like I said earlier, it was led by President James K. Polk. He was considered, actually, one of the last strong presidents until the Civil War. Okay. He was a really strong leader. Whether or not you agree with like his actions, uh, that's debatable. Can I ask when he was
0: president? So he would have been before Abraham Lincoln, so like way back.
1: Yeah, so he was actually elected in 1844, and he only served one term from 1845 to 1849. So this is a while back and he was a democrat and his whole deal was that he was a huge supporter of manifest destiny and he wanted to expand US territory like all across North America. Basically he wanted to take over as much land as possible. So like his whole campaign was that the Oregon territory should be reoccupied and then Texas should be reannexed. So we're going to get into Texas a little bit later. Wait, Annex is like we removed them. Like they're not part of us? Annex is basically like you take an independent nation and then you like, you make it a part of your nation. So you like, they're like, okay, you're us now.
0: Okay, so we wanted to take Texas.
1: Yeah. Because this is the part I did not know about. At the time, Texas was a country. It was called the Republic of Texas. I believe that. Literally if you meet anyone from Texas, they act like <laughs> it's a country still. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like doing my research down the Republic of Texas and there was a lot of very like patriotic websites dedicated to the whole country. But yeah, for 9 years it was an independent nation, which I literally did not know. They're like most likely to split <laughs> from the
0: rest of the United States.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the whole time like James Polk really wanted to annex the Republic of Texas. And additionally, on top of all this, he also settled a border dispute with Britain and he gained control of Washington Oregon, Idaho, and then parts of Montana and Wyoming a lot, yeah. Yeah, if you look at a map of the U.S. before President Polk and then after President Polk, it's like insane. And so during his campaign, he also said he wanted to acquire the southwest part of what is now today the U.S., but he wanted to control all those states by buying it, but Mexico kept saying like, no, we don't want to sell it.
0: Oh, so before then, that southwest was all territory of Mexico?
1: Yeah, like California, New Mexico, Nevada, that was all Mexico.
0: Oh, California was even Mexico's. Okay.
1: Yeah. What about
0: um, like in the northeast? No, not northeast. The northwest area. So like Oregon and Washington. Was that whose was that?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe that was like British control because that's when uh-huh. he comes in and like settles that border dispute. But also like we have to remember like before that it was like Native American land right. first and foremost. Right. Right. So yeah, let me jump to the Republic of Texas because this is what really made me interested. In the whole topic so after Mexico gains independence from Spain so side note if you didn't know Mexico was a Spanish colony so then Mexico gains its independence and they allow US settlers to start living in Texas in the state of Texas and once this happens like the population of Texas booms but this really reduces the amount of Mexicans living in Texas so now it's like mostly US settlers rather than actual Mexicans living in Texas and so because of this U.S. settlers like revolt against Mexico and they claim independence from the country of Mexico in 1836. And so there's the whole Texas Revolution. That's where, I don't know if you've heard of, like, the Battle of the Alamo. I have. Yeah. I know nothing about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I always hear, like, remember the Alamo. But that's what they're talking about. That's when they, like, were fighting against Mexico. Okay.
0: When U.S. settlers were fighting against Mexico. Yeah.
1: So it's U.S. settlers versus, like, Mexican soldiers. Oh. And then the U.S. settlers win. Okay. So that's why they say remember the Alamo. I gotta look into that. Yeah, I I don't know know. the specifics of, like, the Battle of the Alamo, but it was one of the battles within the Texas Revolution.
0: Yeah, I wonder why they don't want to forget that. Remember the (laughs) Alamo.
1: Yeah, I didn't look in... Uh, To be honest, like, battles are not... Like my strong suit, they're not what I'm most interested in. So as we'll as we'll see That's later, fair. I kind of yeah. just brush through the battles, but um, yeah, it's anyway. like a rabbit hole too. I feel like
0: when you look at one battle, it'll connect to like multiple other ones, and then you yeah. just can't get out.
1: Right, right, for sure. Um, yeah. So Texas gains independence, and at first, uh, the U.S. didn't want to incorporate it into the union because. The northern states didn't want another new slave state. So at the time, there was like a pretty good balance between slave states and non-slave states. So they were like, oh, we don't need another slave state, so please don't please don't join us <laughs> um, and then additionally it was a pretty risky move because the mexican government was also encouraging border raids and they warned that like if the u.s tried to annex texas it would lead to war and so it was a pretty risky move and if you're wondering uh, like what the republic of texas was like As a country, um, for the most part, they really had no money, credit, or governmental structures. It was really hard to establish a strong government because they were constantly fighting against, like, Mexican soldiers and then also Native American tribes. And, like, it was an independent nation, but it yeah, not a very strong nation. Mm-hmm. So in 1844, the president before President James Polk, who his name is President John Tyler, also don't know much about him. Um, <laughs> he, right before he leaves office, he proposes a treaty of annexation to the Republic of Texas. So he also really wants to annex Texas. And this treaty is defeated in the Senate, again, because it would upset the slave-state-free-state balance. And then Uh it would also risk a war with Mexico. So they they were like, no, no thank you. However, like, a couple months before he leaves office, President Tyler manages to get a congressional resolution passed. And this resolution is signed into law on March 1st, 1845. And so then president john tyler leaves office president james polk assumes office and texas is officially admitted to the union on december 29th 1845 okay so the same year that president polk assumes office uh, texas okay. is like officially and
0: the union is like the northern states right the union is like all the states
1: it's like the union oh. is like the u.s okay.
0: it just means the u.s then yeah
1: but then later when you flash forward to the civil war then you have like union states versus like states confederate states okay but at this time it's like the union is like it's just US. everything okay yeah
0: what side was texas on for the civil war do you remember they're a confederate
1: because oh. they're in the south and they were also safe state so okay yeah again just a reminder like this is all right before the civil war mm-hmm. so even though like mexico was like hey if you guys annex texas we're gonna go to war with you they actually don't end up declaring war However, like tensions start rising because there's huge border disputes. Like even though the US annexed Texas, like Texas is a huge state, and so even within that state there were border disputes over like where the <laughs> where the two countries split off. So, basically, Mexico claims that this Nueces River is the border, but the U.S. wants the Rio Grande to be the border. And so, they're fighting and arguing, and within that border, like, there's a lot of, like, small little skirmishes, I guess you would call them. Like, not official battles. A skirmish. (laughs) A skirmish. (laughs) Actual
0: term. (laughs) Skirmish.
1: I think that is a term, but... They uh, have, like, a
0: scuffle or something, yeah. A
1: scuffle? yeah. I yeah. don't know, yeah.
0: Whatever scrimmage. you want to call scrimmage it. Scrimmage. is like scrimmage? sports. When it's, like, not a real game, it's a scrimmage.
1: Either way, they're, like, minor, <laughs> minor little stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, like, actual war yet. However, so July 1845, so this is before, like, Texas is officially declared a state, right? But this is kind of, like, after resolutions have been passed, so they're like, okay, it's pretty much going to be official. So President Polk sends U.S. troops to this, like, disputed land that's between the Nueces and the Rio Grande. And then, in November 1845, President Polk sends a diplomat named John Slidell to Mexico in order to seek, like, boundary adjustments. However, they also want to, like, buy California and New Mexico. But this doesn't work out, and they kind of—Mexico kind of shoots them down. They're like, no, like, we're good. We just want to keep all of our land. Like, please leave us alone. And so this fails, <laughs> but like President Polk is very determined to acquire all this land. So he sends General Zachary Taylor to the mouth of the Rio Grande. So this is kind of like, okay, this is official and like we're, we're taking this over basically. So on April 25th, 1846, the next year, basically, Mexican cavalry attacks a group of U.S. soldiers in this disputed zones between the two rivers. And this, you, these U.S. troops are under the command of General Zachary Taylor. And so about a dozen Americans are killed. And additionally, Mexican troops laid siege to an American fort along the Rio Grande. And so they kind of like won this little battle. And then after they're like winning, General Taylor calls in for reinforcement. And this reinforcement is like, they have a lot of better weapons and artillery. Basically, like once we call reinforcement and we get congressional support we basically win like everything after this so because we kind of lost this little upset president polk is like really really pissed and he goes to congress and he's like hey like we really need to declare war because like so far you guys have been kind of lenient i know you don't want to upset like the balance between the states but they're attacking us so we have to go to war mm-hmm. so on may 13th congress declares war And again, there's opposition from all the northern states. They're like, please don't do this. And additionally, throughout this whole Mexican-American war, there's actually no official declaration of war from Mexico. So this is just kind of like on the American side. So I think that's important to keep in mind. Uh, (laughs) So after this all happens, the Mexican-American war goes into full-fledged. So just to give you a little, like, overview of the war as a whole. So it lasts from 1846 to 1848. It's a little under two years. This is actually the first U.S. armed conflict fought mainly on foreign soil. So I thought that was super interesting.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why we don't hear about it so much, because it wasn't on U.S. soil.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was fought mostly on Mexican territory, and, I mean, the whole purpose was, like, for territorial acquisition and yeah maybe that's why we also don't really talk about it as much but there's a lot of like high morale on the U.S. side because at this time we have a really strong navy our government leadership is super strong as well and then our economy is doing a lot better than Mexico so everyone's pretty confident that we're gonna win this and additionally at this point there's only around 75,000 Mexicans that are currently living north of the Rio Grande so, because of this, it's, like, really easy to conquer these lands.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, before you go on, where is the Rio Grande?
1: <laughs> the Rio... So, that's actually... Oh, like, spoiler alert. That's our... That's the current, like, border. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, spoiler alert. That's that's the current border today. So, I guess we know how this ends, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, but, like, saving it for later. It's why you didn't no, tell me. No, I mean... No, it's fine. Yeah, so there's a lot of battles. There's, uh, I could list them off. There's the Battle of Buena Vista in February 1847. Um, There's the Battle of Veracruz, the Battle of Mexico City. And again, I kind of, like, I'm just listing these off. I don't mean to, like, diminish, I guess, the importance of these battles and, like, make light of it. I just am not, I don't think I'm personally qualified to, like, talk about, yeah, these battles, I don't really have a strong knowledge of, like, Military and like artillery, like during this period. So yeah, yeah. If you would like to learn more, please go ahead and look. History dot has some amazing <laughs> articles written about these battles. So now I'm gonna jump to like Mexico's perspective. So Mexico is like not doing great. They've lost pretty much every battle, um, and it doesn't look like they're gonna win. And so in like uh, an act of desperation, they turn to General Antonio Lopez de Santa Anna. And so let me tell you a little bit about this guy because he's got a wild record. Um, So he's this very charismatic leader who was actually kind of a former dictator in Mexico. And he, at this point in time, he was currently living in exile in Cuba. So he had like been arrested in Mexico and they're like, get out. Like, we don't want you anymore. You're kind of, yeah, you're too much for us. And so he was living in (laughs) cuba which was a spanish colony at the time however mexico is like you're a really good military leader so like we kind of need you right now and santana's like okay I'll, i'll be there but i can't really like get there because like there's so many u.s naval blockades blocking my path like i can't get to mexico from cuba and so what he does is he so general santana like Talks to, well, I guess, communicates somehow <laughs> through mail. Um, with, uh, president pigeons or something. Yeah, <laughs> carrier pigeons. So somehow he gets in touch with President Polk. And he's like, hey, like, if you allow me to return to Mexico and pass through all your naval blockades, um, I'm going to end this war in terms favorable to the U.S. So he's like, I'm going to help out the U.S. And they're like he's like, "Don't worry, like Mexico wants me back, but I'm not gonna let them like win." And so President Polk is like, "Okay, cool, like thanks. Um, you can go ahead <laughs> like, So General Santana, he makes it to Mexico, and then he immediately double crosses President Polk by taking control of the Mexican army and then leading it to, it to battle and like strengthening um, the <laughs> Mexican army. He's I'm like, honestly
0: not surprised. I don't know how. Right. President Polk was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." Like, well, in
1: his defense, like this general had been exiled from Mexico, and they like kind of all hated him, and they're like, "Please okay. never come so back." So he made
0: the case, like, "I don't even like Mexico." Yeah, he's like,
1: "Man, like we're not on the same side." So, but um, oh, okay. So because of General Santana, the war lasts for almost two years. So if uh, he hadn't come in, it probably would have lasted a lot shorter because the U.S. was like doing so well before he came. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because of his arrival, and then his kind of like reshaping of the whole army, (laughs) it lasts for like a lot longer than the US had expected. And so one battle that I did want to go into a little bit more detail about was called the Bear Flag Revolt, which was from June to July in 1846. So remember how I said earlier, California used to be part of Mexico. Again, in California, there are a lot of US settlers, not As many as there were in Texas, but there's still like a good amount of U.S. settlers in California, and so this there's a small group of these settlers that actually rebelled against the Mexican government, and then they proclaimed the state of California as an independent republic. So they like made they called it like the Bear Flag State, and they had a whole bear flag that was their. So that's why. Is that the one that
0: we still have today? Yeah, that's the one we still have today. Okay. That makes sense, too. I would say Texas is the first state that I would be like, yeah, they're definitely going to be their own country. And then California is a close second.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Like, everything is clicking into place. But, however, so the Republic of Texas lasted for about nine years. But the Bear Flag State um, only lasted about, like, three weeks because, (laughs) That's so, so embarrassing. <laughs> I, yeah, it's pretty rough. So, like, basically, like, they rebelled against the Mexican government. They raised their flag. And then, like, about three weeks later, like, the U.S. military starts occupying California. So, California actually joins the Union in the year 1850. And, yeah, the bear flag became the official state flag in 1911. So. Wow. <laughs> so, after all these battles, General Santana in Mexico, he's not getting... A lot of support because even though like he did help strengthen the Mexican army like there's only so much he could do because the U.S. just had a lot better artillery and like weapons and yeah they had more funding and so General Santana quickly loses public support and so he resigns slash is pretty much overthrown it's still kind of like yeah they pretty much kick him out and he's exiled again and he like he lives all over the world in exile. It's crazy. You People should look into his bio. because he, <laughs> he,
0: he lived really a tra- wild life.
1: He really did. He lived everywhere. And so after this... So the U.S. has won all these battles. And at this point in time, they're pretty much just waiting for a new government that's capable of negotiations like to form into place. So they've pretty much won. So fast forward to February 2nd, 1848. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo is signed. And so... This treaty between the US and Mexico establishes the Rio Grande as the US-Mexican border, which is the border that still exists today. And then Mexico officially recognizes US annexation of Texas, and is like, okay, you guys can keep it. And then Mexico additionally agrees to sell California and uh, the rest of its territory north of the Rio Grande for $15 million. Good for Mexico, make them pay. Yeah, like they got yeah. bullied right and I was like actually kind of surprised that like they still paid Mexico for the territory I was like I kind of assumed it worse and they were just gonna be like well you lost so it's ours, like, no, but, it's ours now it's ours now Yeah, but so this treaty actually added an additional 500 25,000 square miles to the U.S. So it's crazy. Okay, the aftermath of the war is insane because Mexico loses about a third of its territory. The U.S. gains California, Arizona, New Mexico, and then parts of Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, and Colorado. So again, if you look at a map before and after the Mexican-American War, it's crazy how much land was acquired. So even though President Polk had won the war, he actually lost public support because... The war had lasted about like two years and it was really bloody and like it cost the U.S. a lot of money and they were kind of like we thought this was going to be like less than a year but it kind of dragged out. Yeah people are upset with him and additionally this war reignited the slavery debate and it ultimately results in the Civil War in the 1860s. So this was like a precursor to the Civil War because people started reigniting this debate because all these states, people are arguing, are they going to be like slave states? Are they going to be free states? And the whole debate ensues. Yeah, And so President Polk, he's not doing well within the polls. Um, He doesn't seek re-election. So President Polk actually... Passes away in June 1849, pretty much right after he leaves office, and he's 53 at the time. So if you're wondering who like who becomes president after <laughs> uh, James Polk, so remember General Zachary Taylor from earlier. He was the one who like led all the U.S. troops to fight against Mexico, and because of this, he became like a national hero. So he actually wins the next election. However, President Zachary Taylor becomes severely ill, and he passes away 16 months after his inauguration.
0: Wow. While- Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say I've never heard of Zachary Taylor.
1: Yeah, he passed away like really quickly after he assumed office, and so his vice president is Millard Fillmore, and he assumes office. Wow. Also, never heard of yeah. Millard Fillmore. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I just
0: automatically assumed I was like, okay, but uh, this was before the Civil Lincoln. War, so <laughs> like, like
1: Abraham Lincoln's next, right? right? Right. We're like, when is when is Lincoln get here? Every episode, yeah. we're just gonna talk about.
0: <laughs> It's just gonna somehow.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's pretty much the Mexican American War. Um, One quick thing I did want to talk about. So it was recently Cinco de Mayo, and so there's a lot of like misconception about what like Cinco de Mayo actually celebrates. So I wanted to ask you if you know like what the celebration behind Cinco de Mayo is, like why it's a holiday. If you, I hope I get
0: this right. Yeah, it's okay. My best family friends are Mexican American, so I'm pretty sure Cinco de Mayo is when the the Mexican army had to, okay, this is probably completely yeah. wrong, no, but I no you're the, the French direction. army was trying yeah. to take over Mexico, and the yeah. Mexicans had, like, maybe, like, a fifth of the size of, like, the French army, <gasps> yeah. and, like, way less resources, but they somehow won, and, like, were able to still, like, keep Mexico. Yeah, no,
1: you're, like, completely 100% correct. Yes. Yeah, congratulations. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because a lot of people think it's, like, oh, Mexico's Independence Day, but it's a holiday that celebrates, yeah, the day that they won this battle against the French Army in the Franco-Mexican War. So overall, like, Mexico ends up losing this war, but this battle was, like, really significant because the odds were not in their favor, but they still won, so. Definitely.
0: Yeah, no, okay, I'm so glad I got that right. (laughs) Shout out to the Rivera's. I love you guys. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the Mexican-American War. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for sharing today. I think it, even though, like, it, President Polk lost, the favor, it mm-hmm. in turn, is, like, good because it sparks the slavery debate,
1: which was necessary for moving yeah, forward. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, again, like, these maps, like, before and after the war of, like, how much the U.S. grows is crazy. Like, I knew that Mexico, like, lost a lot of its territory to the U.S., but, yeah, you look at these maps and it's, like, it's so crazy to think about. They, Mexico literally lost a third of its territory in this war, so.
0: Yeah, they, it's wild. Like they got
1: pushed around a bit. Yeah.
0: Cinco de Mayo is a big deal. That's (laughs) We're
1: like, we're done with this. Did Cinco
0: de Mayo happen after this uh, Mexican-American War or before?
1: Um, Yeah, it's after. So it's in 1862. Nice. And actually, like, Cinco de Mayo is not really celebrated as much in Mexico itself. Like, my family that lives in Mexico, like, they don't really celebrate it. It's really, like... It's almost an American holiday. Um, Honestly, (laughs) I feel like we just took it
0: over so we could have coupons on, like, tacos or
1: something that day. Exactly, exactly.
0: This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That? If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media, including YouTube at How Did We Not Know That. If you thought our podcast was low quality, we know we thought so too. Help us improve the podcast by contributing to our Patreon. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next week.